What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 26 of ELO Punters, where we have myself, Anurag Das, Bob Wong, and today's special guest, Albert Lindblom. I said that right, right? Yeah. Nice, nice. You may know um, Albert on Magic Online goes by the handle Ali on MTGO or just Ali. Uh, a huge lands pilot has been playing this game, uh, playing Legacy for I don't even know how long, but uh, we've met in the leagues, we've met in the queues many, 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 many times. And every time Ali gives me a run for my money, Ali, you do a lot of really sweet things here. Um, how you doing? I'm good. I'm really good, and I'm. Super excited to be on this, to be honest. I, I've been, uh, it's dream come true, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's good to hear. Where are you calling us from? Uh, so I live in Copenhagen, uh, in Denmark. Uh, I'm from Sweden, so I'm born in Stockholm. Uh, but I moved I moved to Copenhagen in 2010 uh, for work. Nice, and you've been there for a while then. Yeah, yeah, so I've been here, yeah, I was here for four years, and then we moved to, me and, so I met the Danish, lovely Danish uh, lady, and we got married, and uh, ha we have two kids, uh, and then we moved to London f for work uh, in 2014, uh, and I was there, we were there for three years, uh, and then we moved back, kind of, when, uh, you know, our oldest was, was going to start school. Um, nice. How long have you been so uh, playing Magic and uh, Legacy for? So I started playing Magic uh, when Ice Age came, so that's 1995. It's about as old as I am. Oh my God! Okay, wait, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a bit older than you. Then I, I was 11 uh, when when Ice Age came. Um, yeah, and I I mean it's been on and off, of course. So I played, uh, yeah, you know, from yeah from 11 to say 14, 15, and then it took a long wow. break. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know of a single Magic player or Legacy player that hasn't, like, you know, taken, like, a two- or three-year break at some point. Um, but that's awesome that you started in Ice Age. I was I was hanging out with the LAL guys, uh, leaving a Legacy yeah. uh, at the LAL Open this past weekend, and they told me they got started around Ice Age, too. And I, I thought I had been playing for a while because I started right, around Wait a minute. Odyssey. So, so just, just full, full, full disclosure, uh, we're streaming this podcast live right now on twitch.tv slash unzmtg. Got a giga raid from Aspiring Spike, and, and now I'm seeing everybody say something about beans, and I have no idea what's going on. I'm just like cataclysmically confused, but I want to say thank you, Spike, for that. For anybody who is not watching or who you know is listening to this, sure, be sure to check out the next podcast episode live if it uh, is pretty sweet here. Um, okay, I guess we're canceling the beans. If you're beans, you're canceled. If you if you get it, you get it, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's super sweet. You've been playing since Ice Age, which is actually yeah. basically like longer than I've been alive, almost. Um, I mean, to, to yeah. be honest, I think Ice Age is probably <laughs> it's kind of you know if I had started a year earlier, I would probably been super rich now. That, Dang. You know, then you could I could have had you know Power Nine or whatever, uh, but there are no Ice Age cards. <laughs> they're worth a lot of money unfortunately uh but yeah dude i i feel like i heard like back in the day day like people would be trading like underground seas for like shivan dragons you ever watch the social network like the movie yeah 
Yeah, and you know the scene where like just I, I think I mentioned this the other day. The scene where like Jesse Eisenberg is in the club with Justin Timberlake, and then Justin Timberlake tells the story about the guy who made Victoria's Secret, and then just like sold it for pennies to the dollar. Like in two years, it became a billion. Like that's what I think. Like every single Magic player is like, you know what I mean? Like we all like sort of empathize with that. God dang it! If I just like if I just yeah. like sleeved my mint condition underground sea, I'd be swimming in like I don't know. I don't know, a lot of money. Yeah. Anyways, I'd Scrooge McDucking it, I guess. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that's that's super sweet here. So then, when did you start playing like lands, and 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 when did you make the transition over to Legacy? I mean, I'm guessing you're, you've been playing this game so long, you must you you have like the real experience of like actually getting to sit down and play with like like all the cards in the standard formats as they came and went. You know, that's something I'm super jealous of. I didn't get to experience it. Um, but then eventually, one day, you're like, you know what? I'm gonna wake up and I just want to like mulch. You know what I mean? So like. What's up with that? Walk me through that. Yeah, I mean, so I've always enjoyed uh, destroying lands. So, so when I was 11, <laughs> I had a deck with seven or eight stone rains because you know back then <laughs> we didn't know that uh, <laughs> you know the rules really. So we didn't know that you can only have four cards of the same or four copies of the same cards. So, so, <laughs> so we had a, a deck with seven or eight stone rains, and I was you know, like every lunch break was just trying to get more copies of. <laughs> Um, stone rains. I'm sure you were very popular to play against. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm just thinking about that. Can you imagine just like stone rain you five turns yeah. in a row, ten turns in a row? I would actually. I'm, I'm sorry, but but now just get in, getting into the minds of players to understand like what they like and why they like it. You know, like this. The, actually, now that I think, but doesn't surprise me at all because. Lands like in Legacy is basically like a deck that is predicated on like mana denial or just like controlling mana, right? You like you play your explorations and then you like get ahead on mana and then you use that to like put your opponent behind a mana and like disrupt them, whether it's like with Wasteland and Life in the Loam or like Rishid on Port, Ghost Quarter, all these sort of things, right? So honestly, yeah, it's quite flavorful that you're like this consistent with everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean back then you, I mean you could play like Birds of Paradise and then Stone Rain on turn two. You also had strip mine and uh, there was a one mine artifact, Blackwise. That was, you know, pretty. Yeah, it's kind of funny that yeah. you say that. Like back then, you can Birds of Paradise because I feel like today, like nowadays, people in modern are like doing like the green red Ponza thing, which is like, like it's it's you know what I mean. Like twenty years ago to this day, yeah. people just like <laughs> some people don't change. You know what I mean? But I respect it. So you have a history yeah. with you know. Yeah, go ahead. So yeah, so, so and I didn't really play standard. So we played uh, vintage basically, but because it was just called Magic then, or maybe it was called Type One, uh, and we just got crushed when we played against you know people that had Moxon and stuff like that. Um, but none, of, none, sort of none of my friends had those, so so we could we could play with with each other. Um, and then I took a break around Odyssey, I think, or maybe it was on. It was when Fetchlands came. Around that time, I took a break. And then I moved in 2010. I moved. Gotcha. And then you came back at some point as well to 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 keep slinging. When when did you come back after that? Actually, that's a good question. Yeah. Or yeah, what so brought you back, rather? So basically, I moved to uh, Copenhagen, and I didn't know anyone. Mm. Uh, so I, you know, I was I, I moved there for for work. Uh, I got a job at, uh, as a quant quant analyst in in you know one of Scandinavia's biggest banks. And I didn't know anyone, so I just you know started playing Magic again. Uh, and I had uh, a blue-green Stasis 
deck. So <laughs> it was birth, my birth of paradise. <laughs> and then you know <laughs> th- this <laughs> this creature that they they play in elves. They make you untap a creature. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. It's you know you can return a forest to untap a creature. Oh, like Quarian Ranger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Quarian Ranger, Birds of Paradise, and Stasis, and Days, basically. Jeez. That's uh, like an old school combo. I know a couple friends who would really like that, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was so... Uh, and I went to this, you know, like, local game store, <laughs> playing Legacy Weekly, and my first sort of... First round, uh, I have the nuts. So I have, like, Birds of Paradise turn one, and then that Quarian Ranger in turn, turn two, and then st- plus Stasis. And then I'm up against Dredge, <laughs> some manaless Dredge or something. <laughs> it's like, oh man. <laughs> it's <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I play that. That wasn't so good. And then I started uh, actually I had some success with sort of blue white um, landstill or standstill and uh, yeah, standstill and Mi- Mishra's factory kind of. But even then, like I played four Cunning Wish. So I could Cunning Wish for Enlightening Tutor and find Crucible. So even then, wow. it was sort of <laughs> Wastelanding people. Dedicated. Out. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I, um, it's kind of funny that you say that because when I got into Magic, I mean, I'm assuming after that, like, you got back into Magic because you moved for work, and then you, did you, like, build a new community of friends and things like that afterwards in, like, the Copenhagen yeah. area? Yeah. yeah, so there were some really good players there. Like, um, So in our weeklies, we were, like, 40, 50 people every, every week. Uh, wow! There was a, yeah, there was some some killers like uh, uh, Andreas Petersen. I think it's called mm. e- Eco Baron and online now. I mean, most of these yeah, players yeah, yeah. are just killing. And then ha- Hans Jacob uh, Godic mm-hmm. was also crushing there. Uh, yeah. And then Thomas Inevoldsen. You know, there was this wow in- invented the death and taxes. Yeah. This is your Actually, locals? Yeah, 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 and. <laughs> uh, and then you know Marcus came over so every time there was a big event. He lives in Sweden. Yeah. He lives pretty close. Uh, so yeah, it was some killers for sure. And yeah, yeah. actually, there was a guy there who always played with commons. So he, so every uh, every week he o- <laughs> he had uh, like all the cards, but only played with decks with only commons in them. And he had like a competition. You uh, if you went five zero with a deck with only commons, he had some rules. Uh, but you can o- only play uh, no uncommons or rares. Uh, then he would give you a mox. So I think that's <laughs> how they actually invented that. Wow. Attack. So that's what I've been told. That they uh, they just said, okay, we're gonna do like a mono white deck with. That's so crazy. So like you were literally, so you grew up playing Legacy in like the heart of. Okay, well look, Death and Taxes and I, we don't have a great relationship. All right, <laughs> we, we've been we've been on and off a couple times. All right, I don't want to talk about it too much, but uh, I don't know, like getting to hang out with like all these people, like like Anna Voltson, like probably in, in my eyes one of the best DNT players just in the world. Period. You know, also like you mentioned Echo Baronin, and then also yeah. well, just like like grinders in general. It's pretty crazy. Um, it's it's funny that you say that though because that's sort of how like. Bob and and my love story began, you know, like, I just, like, I moved to D.C. for work, and one day I'm just like, well, all I have now is, like, magic, you know, So because it was a new place for me. I walk yeah. into the locals, and I'm just like, hey, hey, do you have trades? And Bob just looks at me, he's like, no, like, I'm stupid or something. And then two years <laughs> no, later, we're like, What's I that? used to be a binder grinder, like, for the first couple years that I was playing magic, I definitely was, was slinging some trades, so... I don't know if I said no to you right off the bat, but what was the deck that you brought on like the first day you came to Curio? 
Dude, it's probably like miracles or something. Yeah, I was. Well, okay, I was just trying to figure out if you're still playing Sneak and Show or if you had already. No, don't, you know, don't tell people like that. The, <laughs> the whole train of miracles. Yeah, dude, I am. That I was am... like that was 2014 or 2015. Uh, before the top ban, so it's like yeah. Uh, but the thing is, is like I guess actually that's really that's an interesting ethical question. Would you rather tell someone that you're a miracles player or a Sneak and Show player? Because I feel like like. Both play, both decks have like a very solid stigma associated with them, but I mean maybe that's a conversation for some other time. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, I um, yeah. So so okay, so that that's pretty cool. So you got back into Magic when you you moved for work, and it's it's kind of funny that you know, I don't like Magic in general is really nice, like a very easy way to like make friends because it's like a it's yeah. a conversation starter, and you're you're literally forced to interact with it, which is like something that I miss, given that we're like in this whole like pandemic and and things like that, and it's just like it's really awkward. Um, so yeah. yeah. So then you were yeah. Go ahead. There's also more players who plays Magic than you would think. I mean, now at at work, I mean, I'm kind of open that mm -hmm, I play like mm -hmm. you know. I'm <laughs> every time we have a sprint, I have a lo I manage a lot of teams, you know, development teams. I name mm -hmm. all the sprints after Magic cards, and like you know, I'm super geeky. But you <laughs> you know <laughs> you g get surprised how many people actually play it. Even like people you don't think. They mostly play Commander though, but. Mm, yeah, no, no. I've I've had my fair share of uh, whoa. You play Magic, you know. It's 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 crazy because like, well, yeah. I don't know. There's like expectations Actually, in your head of like what a Magic player is like, and then in reality, just like completely shatter all those expectations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, okay. Here's a question for you, Honorog. Has anybody at work figured out that you play Magic, given that you're you know streaming during working hours? Don't often? say that out loud. Ah, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um. So it's it's tricky. Like I've told people that I play magic and i told him like i you, you know you just like say stuff to like to convert whatever like like if i told you like you know i have this like i'm on mtg Elo or whatever and this is my project or whatever this so you'd be like okay whatever shut up you're, you're you're saying dumb stuff but when like people who don't play magic hear statistics they're like wow so, so you know you just like as a conversation uh, just to be conversational i say like things and they listen, but I don't think anybody actually remembers it, or at least I hope nobody remembers it. In fact, one time I think somebody came close to Googling me and I was just like, uh-oh, this is it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. My job is great because I don't really do too much work and it really enables me to like stream and, and make content and do this sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's, 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 no, not, not, not yet. Not in like a really interesting way. I'll, I'll tell you that much, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm definitely je jealous of Albert or Ali, who, uh, you know, is just telling his coworkers and naming sprints after cards. I'm still trying to, you know, keep it on the DL at work, um, but that's awesome. Yeah, that's I mean, really I cool. used to do that. I used to do it a lot, actually. And, the, and then uh, uh, the way I was discovered, like, I, I was watching some, uh, I was watching someone play on YouTube, I think, at work, of course. And then, uh, you know, the guy sat next to me is like, "What are you doing?" And I kind of like, you know. Try to close the close the browser or whatever. He said, "Was that magic?" <laughs> and then you know he has. Oh damn! Everyone. So it's kind of yeah. Then I said, "Okay, I'm just gonna be open about it now." Then. Mm. Okay. Well, let's fast forward a little bit to the future here. So one thing that I, I like to do on the podcast, and we've sort of been doing it here, just as this is more of like an interview episode. And you know, honestly, I really like this episode because you know, you as a player in this format, legacy is a small format, right? So. Take this for what it's worth, but I think you are probably at the... You're like one of the names when it comes to playing lands, right? So 
you know, one thing that I like to do in, the, in, in these, these podcasts is just sort of like give life updates. So getting to know you is really interesting. Bob, I'm going to give you a moment uh, under the spotlight here. Has anything happened with you? Like for any of the Bob Wong fans out there? <laughs> uh, I mean, nothing, nothing major. Uh, basically, you know, I mentioned I went to Lao this past weekend, played Delver, uh, went 5-2, had a pretty good time just playing Paper Magic again. You know, seven rounds is... Uh, Kind of exhausting to be honest, but it was it was still still really fun. Um, I was beaten by this awesome uh, Gyruda Bomberman deck, so I've been playing that all week, uh, and think it might be pretty good. But we'll see. Mm -hmm. From my end, let's see. Last week was my birthday, so I am now oh. twenty nine. Yeah, Happy which birthday. is yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And today, my birthday present came in that I bought for myself. You know, like like look. I, I'm the kind of person that like really bad with gifts. Like if you tell me what do you want for you, if you ask me what I want for my birthday, I'll tell you nothing. But then I go and buy like whatever I want by myself. You know what I mean? It's just like easier that way. But mm -hmm. my birthday gift came in. It's a big 4K monitor, and I'm super excited about it. Um, How many inches? Don't ask that. That's an, an highly inappropriate question <laughs> for the podcast. But, but no, it's a, it's like a 43 inch monitor. It's insane. Damn. Yeah, I'm gonna see every freaking pixel. No, that's not true. Um, but otherwise, you were at while you were at leaving a legacy that tournament. I was playing in the Sunday challenge, and I actually managed to take down the whole thing. Streamed it all live. It was great. I um, played four color control, which I am affectionately calling the A pile, um, or calling it A pile. I don't know. You'll let you be the judge of that one, because uh, it really was just a pile. It is literally just a pile. It's like bant, but then I'm splashing like eight more duels and like expressive iteration and. It's, mm -hmm. it's. How did you figure that out? Was it basically you know you wanted Reb for Jace in the mirror, and then you just wanted no. To... It's it's not that. I'm petty. That's how I figured it out, dude. I'm uh, playing against all these Delver pilots, and they're just like, all right, turn one ponder, turn two creature, turn three expressive iteration, draw two cards, and I get offended when my opponents draw more cards than I do. Okay, so I was like, all right, enough of this. I'm just gonna start doing the same thing myself. You know, I mean, I get I get really stressed out. Ali, you've been on this side before many, many times where you just play like a turn one Sylvan library. And I don't know if you've ever watched like my perspective when I'm streaming, but my face will literally just go sour and I'll be like, uh, uh oh no, he didn't. Oh no, he didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, here's, here's the thing though. Expressive iteration always made more sense in threat decks. Um, in order to, for it to be good in an answer deck, you really need for it to be like, hitting removal like like the ideal scenario with expressive iteration is you, you play a one drop and then you put a like force of will in your hand or something but your, your opponent basically needs to have creatures out for your removal that you hit off iteration to be live so and and you also want really cheap spells so but you didn't find either of those to be kind of an issue when playing that card See, this is where I'm 10 head, okay? I've actually completely withered my mana base into the dirt. Um, by that, I mean it's no more. We're out of the golden age of basics, and now we're into the new age of the new era of the, the, the Strifo mentality, where you just you just just play a bunch of duels. Like, you know what? Wasteland, wasteland be damned. I'm not going to worry about it, right? And in fact, when you wasteland me, that makes my expressive iterations better, because now my lands coming to play off of iteration and I actually need them. I actually have utility out of them, right? We're getting value out of it. So it's basically like a 10 head play right there. I, I'm, I'm just like, it's it. I, 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 I changed the format again. What do you want from me? You know what I'm saying? So no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but iteration is just such a good magic card that it doesn't really matter. So long as I get two cards, I'm happy. You know, like, okay, you know, but what if your opponent is like, you know, not playing creatures or wasteland? Like, I guess then you just hit land drops. 
Yeah, and then just like brainstorm cards back. Like card advantage is still very desirable in any control deck, right? Like predict, accumulated knowledge. Expressive iteration is like the next, the next like coming of bad being able to draw cards. It, it is it is basically as frustrating as that, right? When the Delver player is able to outdraw the Bant deck, you know something is wrong, right? Something just is absolutely wrong. And honestly, I, I couldn't figure out how to beat that. Like, Sylvan Library is not good against Delver because you, you can't pay the life to convert to cards. And if you do pay the life and then play Urge or recoup the life, they just extract the Uro and then you have no game plan. So, I was I like, all right. I have the highest sympathy when you say something is wrong. I mean, for one year... I was living in this world where, you know, the five-color control decks blood moon me. Uh, and I just, you know, I said, oh, man, when these five-color greed piles can, you know, ignore half my deck and then play blood moon, something is wrong. It's a real punch so in the I, gut, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. You're, you're basically so, just cursing Anurag right there. He was definitely an Astrolabe player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's my least favorite magic card. I hated it so much. Yeah, I, I do. Um, honestly, I I remember like scrolling through Twitter and and seeing your posts about Astrolame, and it's just like, yeah. now that it's banned, I, that's one thing that I love about like cards getting banned. One of the few things I like about cards getting banned, you look back and you're just like, I can't believe I was playing with that card. Like that card yeah. was legal. You know what I mean? And Astrolabe is like definitely up there alongside like Dreadhorde Oko, whatever it is. Um, but the reason that we're talking about all this sort of stuff just like getting into the nitty gritty is because this weekend, this Saturday, is um, a legacy PTQ, right? And so I guess now we get more into a little bit about like the format as it is right now. And then, you know, this is gonna be the lands episode. So Ali, kind of want your thought on, you know, this weekend, well, first of all, are you are you planning on playing in the PTQ? And no, I'm not gonna play. There's like, I bought a summer house la last year and it's like Ooh. A yeah, so it's like, I don't know the English word for it, but it's basically a big, it's a little bit of a hippie thing. So so it's like a big, uh, big, big community where they share like, so it's ah. like a massive ground and they split it up in these, you know, uh, gardens of, you know, oh. three, four hundred square meters. And then you can build a summer house there and you have like a joint restaurant in the middle and, you know, have all these garden parties and it's, it's, it's really cool and really like coast i think it's only <laughs> big in, in denmark okay uh, so we bought I'm not, one, I, one of those and they have like uh, this yearly thing on saturday so i'm not okay. there. I, I also qualified for for that pro tour i think uh, oh la last no way week or two weeks ago when i played wait yeah, really? yeah tell us about the the mocks and how you queued for the pt there we go <laughs> humble brag yeah yeah uh yes <laughs> so um Yes, we, we can jump jump straight there. So I, uh, uh, so I played in these. Um, I made top eight in one of these showcase challenges in the beginning of the summer. Uh, so I think it was the first one in June. So right after sort of Modern Horizon two came out, uh, and I played in in um, in one of those. It was eight or nine. I think it was nine rounds. I played against Delver maybe five times. I went. Uh, beat them all, t all, all five times. Uh, I, I managed to get top eight, and then I, uh, I played in the mocks that was last Sunday, not, not this one, but the one before. Uh, and I did really well there. So I went, uh, I think I went four and zero in the Swiss, and then I, I lost the last round, but that kind of didn't matter. Also beating a lot of Delver decks, uh, 
and then I went all the way to the finals. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, my opponent in the finals, he he started by writing saying, "Oh, hey, I'm already qualified. Do you are you interested in?" No, he didn't say. He didn't say he was already qualified. He said something, and then he said, "Are you interested in, in a prize split?" <laughs> and I said no because I didn't really know. I'd never been in the finals before, so didn't really know how how that would work. Or and then I lost, of course. <laughs> Felt like a total idiot. Um, but yeah, th then I got uh, an email the day after where they said that this my opponent had already qualified, so so they passed it down to me. So. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I Nathan Stoyer is a very talented magician. I think that was your opponent in the finals of that event. No, this is, this it was Phil. Phil. Uh, oh, Phil. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Rolf. I'm sorry. I'm yes, sorry. Sa yes. Sam Rolf. Yeah, yeah. Sam Rolf. That is. Uh, Nathan Stoyer. I stand by my statement. He's still a very talented pilot. Yes. Sam Rolf is also a very talented pilot as well. Boom. Uh, there we go. Uh, and he was playing Death and Taxes, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I see how. Yeah. So Can you then, talk a little bit about how that finals match went, actually, because I know you you mentioned that he played insanely well. Yeah, I mean, basically, <laughs> game one, uh, he he mulliganed to five, uh, and I was on the play. I I had a I had like a pretty good hand, so I had like mocks. So I won the die roll. He mulliganed to five. I had my hand was like mocks, punishing fire. Uh, Valakut Expiration, which is the best card against Death and Taxes. Uh, but it didn't have any Richard and Port or, or Wasteland, but that was kind of it. It had those three cards. So he plays turn one Mother of Runes, so I kill that. And then I play turn two uh, Valakut Expiration. And I think, okay, I, I just I sort of, I have, I mean, I cannot lose this game. Then he, I think he played turn two Thalia, which I bounced with Caracas. But then somehow, the, the the way he managed to win was, I mean, there were a couple of things. So first, I didn't draw normal exploration. So this Valakut exploration didn't really do much. I mean, I was just looking at flipping lands with it. Um, and then I didn't find any... So the way you win against death and taxes is that, like, step one is you resolve Sylvan Library or Valakut exploration. Then after that, you just tax their mana. Because you have this thing in, in play that will give you at least one extra card every turn. Um, and so, so all you want to do is, is slow the game down at this point. So you just want to port them or find Tabernacle so they can't, you know, deploy more, more creatures. Um, and then just, you know, ride a card advantage uh, from this engine that you have. But I didn't really manage to find uh, any Richard and Ports or, or, or Tabernacle uh, or a normal exploration. Uh, so then, he, you know, on turn, I think on turn three, he, he had that white creature that destroys um, uh, a permanent. Sky, so sky Skycliff? Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah, Skycliff. Yeah. So he, des he destroyed my Valakut, and then he had Stoneforge and found, found this Caldra. Com uh, yeah, this new equipment that they have. It's a fast uh, clock. Yeah, it's a really yeah, fast clock. It's a really fast clock. And then what I, I mean, I sort of the only thing I was doing at that point was <laughs> I had Ursa Saga. I played one. So, I mean, I don't really like Ursa Saga in lands. I know a lot of people play like three or four, but I think, yeah, it doesn't really. I think the problem I have with that card is that it, it kind of forces you to use all mana. 
So once you have it in play, you, you kind of need to activate it because it disappears. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you have that in the early game, that's all you're doing. So so you know the you you basically skip your second and your third turn to have two tree trees in play and kind of in lands that that's not that good. Uh, yeah. So I I play one because you can always copy it with stage and that's what I tried to do in this game. So I sort of uh, I had that I copied it with stage I tried to create tokens but you know tokens one token every turn I guess death attack I mean. That's not going to be enough. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not going to be enough. No, I mean, they don't care about that at all. Uh, so I just felt, I mean, I actually haven't seen, I've watched the replay, but I kind of felt afterwards, like, that's a game I should win. I mean, I, start, I was on the play, I had, like, my best card. Uh, he was, he had Mulligan to five. I thought, you know what, I mean, I was so confident I would win that. And then, yeah, he managed to sneak it out. I even found Sylvan Library later, but it kind of, I think maybe I paid a bit too much life because he had Stoneforge, uh, and yeah. that, that haste equipment. That hits it's really fast, good. Yeah. You know, Stoneforge Mystic has kind of been like the laughing stock of like, well, okay, I'll say like like Legacy for sure. Modern, not not so much, but kind of. Cauldra has made Stoneforge Mystic specifically out of death and taxes a lot scarier. Um, so the number of times that like, you feel the tension now where they go like turn one mother of runes turn two stoneforge mystic and you're just like uh, Crap now. I have to like, you know find a way to race a 5-5 five -five that is basically unkillable um, Yeah, I, I, th I think something I missed is that they have trample right that thing has trample. Yeah so, <laughs> For so why you, I don't like, know seven man, I guess <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's sort of because usually when they have like battle skull you can just jump with zombies or something or I was thinking when he got that. Actually, the reason I didn't kill Stoneforge was because I thought, you know, I I don't care about that equipment. I can just block with my my constructs because I <laughs> I can create one every turn. But you know, if I block with a one one or two two, I still take you know a lot of damage. <sighs> so it's yeah, it's really good actually. It's also also really hard to kill or it's impossible to destroy. I guess. Yeah, as a Delver player, I, I've basically started playing Brazen Borrower again because that's pretty much the only card that'll answer, you know, the germ token. Like, yeah. a Braid doesn't work. Um, none of the regular artifact removal works. I also found this other fact out the hard way. So I, I mentioned I was playing Gyruda Bomberman. Uh, so on Magic Online, I made, like, a 2020 um, Stone Coil. There were at, like, 10 life. And I swung into a Cauldra. Being like, all right, trample damage, deal 15, should be GG. Apparently, the Cauldra has um, first strike, and the exile effect means that even though you assign trample damage, it doesn't go through because no! you never get to the damage phase. Oh my so I, I thought it, I thought it was like a Magic Online bug. I was like, oh, if I had, you know, or maybe he like gained some life or something that I missed, um, and like if I had made it a ten thousand, ten thousand, I would have won. Um, but no, it actually is just uh, the Stone Cold Nuts. Dude, I'm actually so sorry because thinking you made a 2020, which means you probably had to spend all that time like clicking with Salvager and like like looping through everything, and then just like kind of like, I mean, it's kind of funny that you punted it away. I'm I'm laughing a little bit there, but like I also feel like sad when that happens. So, Cauldra, yeah, really good, really good in combat. Also, like beats things like Uro, this this True Name, for example, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, so Maze of Ith is is really good against it. That's kind of the mm, yeah yeah. How how we beat that card? Uh, so something that actually he missed, even he missed, is that uh, if you have that thing, you don't have to pay for tabernacle. Oh, so that's something he so he kept paying for tabernacle. So I beat him in the Swiss actually, 
And in that yeah. game, he he uh, he was paying for Tabernacle. Uh, I see. And then, like, what in the in the next game, he like he came out like a little bit stronger, wasn't paying for the Tabernacle or something. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. came out. I, 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 well, yeah. I mean, in the in the in the Swiss, my hands were just insane. So I just ah uh, okay okay okay. So. Yeah, that's a really good question. So you mentioned one thing in the Swiss too, but you were just like smashing Delver. Like it sounds yeah. like you're you were like something like like four zero beating many many Delver players along the way. So so talk to me about this because let, I'll be very honest with you, right? Historically, like lands is the kind of deck that. Well, obviously, it's I think it's like very good against like the fair decks, but then against the combo decks. It's 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 kind of rough, and even like back in the day, day like there are some situations where like I remember like when I when I was you know in you know the Maryland Virginia area or whatever there was one event I think where Bob you were playing Grixis Delver it was like an SCG IQ and you were playing Grixis Delver and you played you're playing against lands and you were just like you just have to know how to play the matchup and you need to be like super super aggressive right and at that time you were like yeah Delver is ahead ahead of lands so fast forward to like now what what exactly makes lands so good against Delver because Raghavan is the pillar like the pillar the the talking point of this format right now and I feel like that must have impacted the matchup in what seems like a positive way then well well I, I think okay so first of all Delver and lands have this symbiosis right I mean we we want Delver to be the best deck in the format because that means the combo is not played as much so so we we i mean we really want you know the delver to be 25 plus percent of the format uh, because naturally our strategy is good against delver i mean we're not maybe always favored but but i think um you know most of our like almost all our lands and most of our cards are, are really good against delver uh, and i think the reason we're good now it i, I agree ragavan is is a really impactful card i mean it kind of negates Wasteland completely. If, if they start with turn one Ragavan on the play, I mean, if they start with Delver on the play, turn like turn one Delver, I will Wasteland them. Uh, but <laughs> you can't really do that uh, if they if they start with Ragavan. Uh, so, so I think th- it negates like half of our deck if if we can't kill it. I mean, we have a lot of answers, of course, like Punishing Fire, Maze, Caracas. Um, I play uh, Elvish Reclaimer, that's also really good against it. Uh, but I think the reason we're good against them now is that they don't respect Marital Age at all. I mean, uh, y- Bob, you said you play Brazen Bor. I, d- I mean, I don't see that card. I, th- I, th- I think the problem for Delver now is the deck has been so good that they're kind of <laughs> they're forced to play cards that are good in the mirror. Inbreeding. I, I absolutely hate it. Game one getting pyroblasted by Delver makes me yeah. so angry. I mean, I'm guilty of it too, playing like cards like Carpet of Flowers in my main deck and things like that. But, oof, man, it is not a good feeling. Uh, that is the state of the format, though, which, you know, may or may not be part of this discussion. But but you're right. Yeah, I actually kind of see it. I feel like Brazen Borrower is not very commonly played anymore. I mean, like, think about it like back when it was like around GP Atlanta, right? And how like Dark Depths was one of the best decks in the format. And there you had like players playing like Crop Rotation, Caracas, like, you know, all this sort of like crazy stuff with like Ren and Six in the format too. That was definitely like a different time. And so now you could, I, I, I see what you're saying, right? That yeah, feels so I mean, like. Uh, so the way I win against Delver now is either I have like, you know, turn one exploration, turn two Marital Age. That's kind of the nuts. Or, 
this is game one. Or, uh, you know, I have a good hand, like a normal land hand, where I'm on, you know, I, I kill Raghavan and then I destroy all their lands. You know, I think that second one maybe happens 5% five, five of the games now. I mean, or 5-10%. Okay. I mean it's much less than it used to. Uh, I see. But the, the way I win al- most of my game ones is just to make them counter the wrong spell. Ooh, so, interesting. So, so, so the only thing I want to resolve is crop rotation, basically. Okay. So then I, I play this, you know, kind of sequencing wh- where it looks like, you know, maybe it looks like I really want them to counter Punishing Fire. Uh, but I don't really care about that. I mean, if they hit me with Dragovan one more time, because as long like the best card in the Delver deck against me is Wasteland. Hmm. That's, <laughs> yeah, it hasn't I changed mean, there, in so, years. Some, some people in the in the lands courts, they just said, you know, we <laughs> they wanted to side in Pithing Needle against Delver so they can name Waste, wow. Wasteland. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's totally flipped, um, but but really, so I just want them to to counter the wrong spell, typically punishing fire or loam or exploration or uh, I guess Sylvan Library, and then so I can res- resolve crop rotation on turn three or turn four, and make merit ledge. Th- that's sort of how how I win game one. Uh, then game two gets a lot more interesting because I I bring in so. The way I sideboard, I, I take out sort of Field of the Field of, Field of the Dead and Ursa Saga, and then all Valakut Exploration and all Sylvan Library. And I bring in, you know, all Pyroblast, Choke, and Endurance. I think Endurance is really good. Yeah, let's go. Endurance is and probably, that, like, my favorite card in Modern Horizons 2 after... Pre- okay, yeah. all right, well, I, that's I not think, a surprise, I right? It's, yeah. I, mean, it, I think it's the second best card f- for lands uh, since, since... I mean, it's the best card for lands since Valakut Exploration. Mm. It's it's so it's so good against Doomsday, which was, <laughs> was a horrible matchup before. I mean, it's still mm. bad. It's uh, so good there. It's so good against Knight of the Re- Reliquary, which, you know, was a huge problem for lands yeah uh, and then you can also bring it in against Delver I mean it's very very like the, very the range and then yeah. you know the, the graveyard decks were already good and now mm-hmm. we have these three of these yeah. I mean it's yeah I mean I, d- I don't think graveyard decks are really super uh, I mean I think they are re- I mean really bad position right now because everyone play, plays endurance I guess yeah that that's a really good point I don't know that's it's 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 I wish. All right. So we, as Magic players, we're we're all going to come together. Like the last few years of Magic have probably been design-wise some of the roughest stuff that we've actually gone through. So cards like Endurance, cards like Prismatic Ending, very fair cards, but strong cards. They're like they're not. They're. I don't think anyone will ever say ban Endurance, and if you do, you're banned from my chat. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but but you get what I'm saying? It's, it's like a versatile card that, like, it's just good. It's a good magic card that's not too yeah. busted, right? It's not like, you know, it's not like Ren and Six or Oko or anything like that. That's the kind of design I look forward to seeing in the future. Right now, we're sort of just, like, living the life here uh, with, with this, right? And so uh, it's and, interesting yeah. to me that, you know, th- that uh, a card like this doesn't seem very flexible, but... It's good in your deck. It's good in my deck. It's good against Bob's deck. Good it's stuff. Good I'm happy. My deck as well. It's really good against Lance as well, of course. Yeah, but. fair enough. But yeah, I mean, I I love that card. I think it's so good, and and I think also um, something I noticed against Delver in particular is you know I, I'm kind of this kind of player. It, historically, I've been this kind of player. You know, who just wants more removal. Mm-hmm. You know, I use you know 
I wanted to play like lightning bolts in in my lands deck or you know all the rem removal I could get because I thought you know I need to destroy every creature. That's how you win against Delver. Mm. Uh, but then I actually I leveled up. Listen to to Daniel here on this cast. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was last year. You know, he he said something about the interac interaction is only good uh, if you have a threat in play. I think he was talking. That about sounds like league. a dirty Delver player to me. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Oh man. But but basically, you know, I thought about that for a long time before I really understood it, and then I, I kind of, you know, once once I I understood, how, you know, it changed like everything. I ch it changed how I built my deck, how I mulligan, you know, the strategy, this thing. With I mean, I improved against death and taxes so much just by. Can can I can I know. can I put you on the spot? Yeah, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Okay, you ready for it? So can you explain? What, give me like one or two examples of exactly how it changed your mindset or your uh you know just like in the back of your mind how you perceived because let me be clear with you i am definitely the same kind of player that you were right where i just want yeah. answers i want card draw i never want to win the game but nowadays i feel like it's a little bit different so i'll put you on the spot here with land specifically how do you what are some of the different okay, things you okay so so if if you think about the delver deck now they have like 10 or 12 one drops right so they they're going to have a creature in turn one so if you play a non-recursive removal like lightning bolt. I mean, and you and you say you bolt Dragavan, they can just play another one. They, I mean, they will have another threat. It's it's sort of, I mean, it doesn't do much. But for example, if you instead have something like Elvish Reclaimer, um, you know, it, it answers all all Dragavan. Uh, I guess they can only have one in play, but it answers the one they have in play and every every one they draw. Uh, plus, it finds sort of merit ledge. It's sort of, it's just, uh, it's it's just so much better. I mean, that that's sort of how how uh, instead of adding two lightning bolts, I just added two elvish rec reclaimer, and it's sort of a removal spell against Delver that answers more than uh, than one creature in a sense. So it gives you some sort of card advantage as well. I mean, I guess this is not new, but Tarmogoyf did that f for years for other decks. Um, and then it plays also really well with endurance. So so post sideboard we will have five creatures and sort of that can all roadblocks, ragavans and and that's kind of how how it works against Delver. And then the other one is kind of these creature decks like either wild decks. Uh, so death and taxes, goblins, all these. Even there, like removal is not that bad, not that good. Like lightning bolt short answers sanctum prelate. I guess that's good. Uh, but it's you know they play so many creatures that having one or two lightning bolts is not going to stop them. So the way the way I win against these decks now and it really works is I I need uh, you need like turn one Sylvan Library or turn two uh, Valakut Exploration. So you need one of these engines or threat that will generate an advantage every turn, and then you just attack their mana. So that so you know if you you just crop rotate for Tabernacle because that means they can at maximum have you know two two creatures maybe three creatures in play and then you have your mace of it and you just let you know you let them struggle uh, and just bury them in card advantages uh, at some point you will find field of the dead and then that sounds the game is over so that sounds like the most like lands lands-esque thing i've ever heard you know what i mean just like let them struggle while you develop but, but this is this goes back to what the core philosophy or at least the way i look at this deck is like you want to abuse you want to create an asymmetry in the way 
that mana plays out over the course of the game, right? So that's why you're yeah. playing cards like Exploration and Life from the Loam, so that you can, you know, really generate that mana advantage and then convert that into whether it is creature control, mana control, and not, not, not so much stack control, but, you know, or like board control, things like that, you know what I mean? So I, I like the way that you describe this transformation. It seems very smart. Yeah, I mean... I- but it took a lot of time for me to to re- I mean, because naturally, like I was a blue white player at some point, right? I played miracles as well, uh, and uh, wait, 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 what? Nice, yeah, okay. <laughs> nice. nice. I mean, b- basically, once I played that Stasis deck, you know, in 2010, I, I I started playing Storm. Actually, that's sort of how that was the first deck I did really well with. Um, so so I played the the epic Stormer. So I wanted to be fast. Uh, and I played that for maybe three, four years, and I did extremely well. That's kind of how I built my legacy collection. Um, and uh, then I feel like I, I've learned something very, very important about you today. Okay, I didn't know that. No, yeah. Yeah, and then <laughs> but then my problem came when I, you know, when I uh, got my legacy collection because then I started playing Stoneblade and Miracle, you know, all these new decks every week, and I just just started losing. I mean, I went like three two. That was kind of my average in a five round. Uh, weekly, um, and and then when I, when I came back to to Denmark in 2004, no, yeah, 2017, then I started playing online because all these you know Andreas and all these guys they they moved they stopped playing uh, in the store and start just played online, so I bought Storm and I played Storm a lot, but th- at that time you know there was these Deathrite Shaman decks where him to Torek, <laughs> like him snap him. It was just like the worst. I mean, it, it was just so boring. Somebody, somebody listening to this podcast is right now singing like you're, you're like you're singing music to their ears or something. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't stand Deathrite Shaman and the Hymn to Torok just makes like I can feel my stomach just like coming up out of my like oh my throat right now. This is it just makes me very. Uh, I mean, nowadays not so much of a problem because my euros get discarded and I just like laugh maniacally. You know what I mean? But uh, back in the day, day, oh my god, that was. That was not okay. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm glad. No, I'm no, glad. No. Yeah. It it was. I mean, so so then what happened was that um, I stopped playing Storm and I pl- started playing you know new decks every week again. I spent a lot of money buying a Moto collection, uh, and I I didn't do well. And then I remember one of my old friends. He said, you know, you you're good with Storm because you played it a lot, basically. So maybe you should pick a deck, and just stick with it. And then at the same time, there was a guy on my on Facebook who said he wanted to trade a tabernacle. So he didn't want to sell it; he wanted to trade one. So I met with this guy, and I actually managed to trade it. Uh, an English sort of near mint tabernacle that was expensive already then. Uh, and then I said, I'm okay, literally no. looking at the price of it right now, and it's like six or seven thousand dollars. And I've realized today <laughs> that I will never own a tabernacle, and that is totally okay. That is so much money, Bob. Don't you have like two or three? Um, I did get two when it was still, um, I want to say it was three or four hundred dollars many, years ago. Okay, all right, never mind, Bob. I, I, I'm going to pretend that you just didn't say that out loud because, wow, okay. I, I guess bas- good job. Congrats. Ba- <laughs> basically, the, re- the reason I wanted to play Lance was because it was good against him to Torak. I mean, <laughs> that, that, oh, was, uh, that was kind of one of the selling points. It was a tier one deck at that time because it was so good against these Deathrite piles. Um... And, you know, I got to destroy people's lands, of course, which is yeah. something I, I like. So doing. what I'm hearing is you're just as petty as I am playing a deck to counter what you don't like seeing from the other side of the table. 
I like that. I respect that. That's that's good. That's me. No, I'm kidding. Um, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, then it, we just clicked. Me and the deck. I mean, it, it, I played. I counted. I mean, I played at least five leagues uh, a week. I mean, some sometimes much more. Sometimes I played five leagues a day uh, for some weekends and and for the last three years. So that's easily over four thousand matches with lands. I've only played with lands for the last three years. So <laughs> I have a lot of reps. And in the beginning, you see. I mean. The thing with with the deck is it has this really explo- It's like every start hand is like winning, uh, winning in the lottery. You, you know, it's <laughs> you have these hands that are you know land exploration, life from the loam. I mean, those are just like they feel so good. So just you know, as soon as I I play I played a, a match, I would just instantly you know want to play again because I just wanted to to see if I could get those insane hands basically. Damn, I, I I like that. Yeah, I feel like there's not much stuff that I'm like super passionate about like that these days. There's a couple things here and there, for example, streaming and things like that. But that's a a nice feeling to sort of, I guess, look forward to if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but you, mm-hmm. you know. yeah, but okay, I mean, so I also started doing better, of course, as well. So that's kind of also helped, right? That I started winning much more and. Uh, and I also kind of felt that you know Lance is a niche deck, so I thought you know if if I could just play m- play th- only this, I would have more reps than my opponent. So so, for example, when I played that final last uh, last weekend, I mean I I'm sure that my opponent you know is is a much better player than me, and I'm sure he plays a lot more Magic than me. But I've probably played you know Death and Taxes versus Lance four hundred times, easily. I yeah. Mean, I heard through the grapevine that literally Sam Rolf and his testing crew, they were all like prepping blue red Delver and trying to figure out how to beat the mirror. And then like literally like a day and a half before the event, Sam was like, wait, what if I unironically play death and taxes? And then he proceeded to win or something like that. So that's the thing though. Right. So that's why I feel like that's one of the reasons why, like I respect you as a lands player much. So like I respect like other players who are just at the head of their archetypes or whatever. Um, is that legacy and eternal formats in general are the ones that really reward you for just putting in the 10,000 hours. You know what I mean? Like the article that really just changed me forever was by Reed Duke, where he talked about why he consistently lost to Joe Lissette is that every time he battled against Joe with a different deck, Joe was still playing miracles, right? And so it was that consistency that allowed Joe to learn the nuances, the ins, the outs, the lefts, the right, everything like that, right? And that's when Reed was like, he realized, okay, well, you know what? I'm just going to stick to a deck and instantly saw better results. Now, obviously, sometimes you you play the best deck that's just the most broken, like like Underworld Breach or like maybe like Countertop Miracles or something like that, right? But like over the course of years and years and years, you want to get to, you have reached that point, right? That 4,000 match point that many will just like look at and be like that's not even a thing no, nobody actually has that and you're like nope actually wait a minute that's that's me i mean there are, f- there are a few things first of all i will know i will know my kind of role in every matchup right i played every matchup in legacy so many times i know kind of how how do you know what does good look like how do i win what are kind of the hands that I, that i need what should be my sort of general strategy so that's kind of a, a big edge i think uh, then the second one is I, I don't get tired, right? So, so 
uh, if I play like you know this eternal weekend that I came ninth in were like 12 rounds or something I started playing better the the you know in the in the later rounds because it's sort of uh, at least it felt it felt easier because somehow you know I, I can probably play you know I don't know 30 matches or 20 to 30 matches of lands in a row without getting you know tired so nice. that's also yeah, definitely finding that love for the deck is, is something that, you know, you really connect with it. It's like, like you said, you've been playing land destruction decks, you know, since you were 11 years old. So I think it <laughs> yeah. just, you know, fits so well with your, what you like to be doing. And then that's when you started winning and then really building that experience. So that is definitely awesome to see. Yeah. Um, I do actually want to get to some of the Twitter questions yeah. uh, that people had about lands. Um, so we have one question from at Mavword. 5280 what matchups are actually better than most people think and i'm gonna uh suggest one which is moon stompy i think that matchup used to be you know god awful but since the printing of force of vigor i think it's gotten a lot better yeah i agree i think that's it's a 50 50 matchup i mean we always lose uh game one i think i won maybe <laughs> two three times in game game one against moon stomper but game two i think i mean yeah you just want a hand with uh, Force of Vigor uh, and Dark Depths, or a way to find Dark Depths, right? So if you have a Mox and a Crop Rotation, that's also fine. Uh, it, it was a bit better when we, when we played Gamble, of course, because uh, then it was easier to f to find. Um, but yeah, there are other. I mean, other. I I also think uh, Omni Show. Omni Show is actually a pretty good matchup. Right, I mean, for for the current version of lands, right? Because we play three um, Pyroblast, two Choke, uh, and they're not that fast. So, so I mean, we, c we can win game one, like, a decent amount of the time, because they're so slow. Uh, and then game two is actually not, not that bad. Okay, flip, uh, flip side of the question, then. What, what matchups do you think are... Un unknown to you know the average person are actually just like really hard to win. Uh, or maybe just in general, yeah, like what are some matchups that you're you're not a huge fan of? I think you mentioned Doomsday. Yeah, basically I, just I, like I, yeah, dark ritual well, decks. I think the hardest matchup is these artifact decks, artifact combo decks. Uh, like there was a deck that played Serda as a commander. That, oh, I that mean, that's a think, throwback. I don't think I ever won against that deck. <laughs> yeah. It's like the like Spear of Resistance does nothing. Richard and Port does nothing. I mean they're just faster. Uh and I mean Karn is just Karn is actually very good against lands. Oh yeah? It's, yeah, it's, you you get surprised because and the reason it's so good is because it shuts off Mox Diamond. Hmm. I swear to God, every time they <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I, I will win, you know. Next turn or whatever, and then you play Karn, I'm like, oh, okay, I have no <laughs> mana now. <laughs> yeah, it's um, so I think the the hard, hardest deck is this artifact, and it's not much you can do either. I mean, you can you can you can sideboard Null Rod, but it's kind of you know if your hand is land Mox Diamond Null Rod, I mean that's I mean it's not certain you win that anyway. They can just play yeah. Karn on, on turn three. Uh, and you know, because you shut off all your own moxen as well, so sort of, yeah, I, I think that that's the worst, worst, worst possible matchup. Uh, then I think oops, all spells is pretty bad as well. It's it's <laughs> worse than you would think. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, because you know, like Dredge is really good. Hogak is is good. Uh, Reanimator is okay. It's actually it's one of the worst matchup, but it's better than you would think as well. Okay. Uh, but oops, all spells. I don't know. It's even like in game two, they they can slow down and and they don't care too much about sphere of resistance. I mean, if they if they so something I've seen is that they <laughs> I side out all my removal and then they bring in this Santa's form. And then you know I sit there with crop rotation and. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I've been in that situation. I am not happy. Every time that happens to me, I'm just like kicking myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oof. Uh, but yeah. But yeah, I I think I think um, of course like fa just fast fast combo decks that are better than spear of resistance. Like mm. if they're faster than that, that's just uh, really bad. I also think Adnosium tendrils is is bad. Okay. Uh, uh, so I mean, it's the hardest storm deck I think to play against because they have Let good me, mana. Yeah. Let me pivot real quick, and I want to ask you a different question now that we're on the topic of good mana, or maybe I'm just making up a a sequitur here. But basically, the other the other question is, um, so it says, here's one for Ali. This is by at uwhm05. Here's one for Ali. When making all of his uh, crazy land brews. How does he find balance for the right number of colored sources? Red green already has stretched mana, so I'm curious what the technique for building, you know, three or four color builds looks like. Okay, yeah, I saw that one actually. Uh, it's uh, okay. I have some rules. So uh, first of all, I know Jarvis will will not agree with me because he always wants to play more green sources. Uh, but I think Lance is a deck that mulligans really well. So I mean I I I you know it can easily go down to 5. Like a good 5 card ha hand in lands you know you don't really care if if you're you know if your hand is like mox two mox two lands and life from the loam I mean doesn't matter if it's a 5 card hand it's still insane. If your hand you know is like a mox and a sylvan library it doesn't really matter either. Uh, that that your hand was 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 a 5 card hand. Uh, so I, I, I'm not afraid to mulligan first of all. So and there, are, sure, there's some games where you know um, uh, where you have like expiration, life from the loam, and no green source. But I mean, yeah, I mulligan those hands. It, it doesn't come up that often. So the rules then: the minimum minimum number of green sources, untapped green sources, uh, that I have played and had success with, that was nine. So you have nine untapped green sources and then four mox diamonds. Uh, that's the minimum. Uh, and uh, sort of with that conf configuration, I, I came four in one of these sort of Danish legacy masters, like a semi-big tournament uh, in Copenhagen. So, so I know that you know that worked. I I, I prepared for that, tested it, and 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 it, it went it went fine. Um, I think what more normal is that you play ten. So you have ten untapped green sources. That that's kind of what the Japanese players do. And they are, you know, I'm sure they've done their homework, and and um, that's kind of the normal. Uh, and then if you play three colors, I would go up to twelve. So actually, when you play three colors, your man actually gets better. Because that's ah, the other wait, thing. Wait, <laughs> yeah, because, that's because that's the, the 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 way it works is that you. Um, you add more fetches, fetch lands. So in, if you have a fetch land and life from the loam, you 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 have you know all the colors you want, right? So so 
so somehow when when uh, when I started playing three because I started I played Jund lands for a long time right because mm-hmm. of Oko and oh Jund yeah Lands. I've had enough cards of or cards of mine decayed by specifically you crossing my fingers every time <laughs> yeah. hoping maybe Ali doesn't have the decay this time then boom <laughs> goodbye Sylvan <Yeah>. Library <laughs> so um, so there I started with eleven. Uh, and then someone in the lands discord said you know he he tested 12 and and i, I followed and i was found that a lot easier t- to cast these dk's i think the trick with playing three colors is that your splash cards have to have green like a, a drop dk you can splash that one in a red green lands uh, but you cannot l- like i also tested you know the like blue blue black spells like this drown in the lush or whatever it's called it's like a removal slash counter spell yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. felt you know like super in lands because uh, you, you know you get people countering their their doomsdays and stuff uh, but that's all that's really hard to cast because you always want green man and then if you know if that doesn't count so you need to now find both black and blue i think that that's stretching it i also tested play lightning helix uh, when delray was really good and aggressive like six months ago that doesn't work either I, yeah. I just couldn't couldn't cast it but sp- splashing something with green in its mana cost that's that's actually not that hard okay yeah i mean that that, make, that makes sense green is your base color and uh deck is all about doing that sort of stuff so yeah i see it nine and then uh you said 12 yeah so nine is the minimum recommended is 10 if you play red green okay if if, if you play three color 11 is the minimum but i would recommend 12 Mm-hmm. All right. How about uh, a chaos card? How about Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath? Have you splashed that one? I I don't, have, don't, uh, don't! Come yeah. on, come on! I, I, I have. So yes, I have. So, so um, has he splashed Uro? <laughs> okay, four thousand uh, matches, dude. Come on. I, I have played a lot of Uro. I think it's much worse in lands than than Ooh. you would think. So, uh, a couple of things. First of all, <laughs> we we don't always get that many cards in into our graveyard. I mean, if we don't have life from the long going, it's we don't play ponders and uh, brainstorms and s- so, and you know we don't really want to escape wastelands, right? We don't want to remove lands from our graveyard. Uh, so, so, so Uro, I mean, it's, it's really slow in lands. Um, uh, and and uh, the other thing is like you know, d- say Delver like red blasts it. You're never going to be able to cast it again, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, or if you know sword splashers, wow, you turn on sword splashers, great, and then you just maybe Euro was your your only plan, and they just you know exile it, and then okay, you're doing nothing now. So I think I think it's only good if you play if you, and this is, I guess is mana consideration. So if you want to ca- play that card, you have to either cut uh, dark depths or. Uh, or R- Richard and Port, and I'm never cutting R- Richard and Port. I mean, it's my favorite magic card. So, I, <laughs> nice. I will, I will the, never. It's cut a state of mind, dude. That's what yeah. I'm telling you. It's just you're born one way, casting stone rains <laughs> yeah. like since you're eleven. You know, it's a you can't change yeah. it. Yeah, just uh, yeah, I, yeah, f- yeah, I feel yeah, you I, on I'm, that. Yeah, and it's also like uh, yeah, that that is so good in lands. I think also mm. against these like death and taxes and these. I mean. These decks where, where you just want to make them struggle and they play yep. basics. I mean, you, you, you need that card, I think. Yeah. Uh, so so then you can cut Dark Depths. And if you're, are you really, like, you're already horrible against combo. 
you really want to cut like that thing that, that actually m- makes you be able to win game one against show and tell or it's sort of uh, I, 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 I just don't see why why you would play that card I mean we did we did play blue green lands uh, during uh, companions even I did because I think it was because well I guess Delver was the best deck already then Oko was legal during Oka that time too right yeah yeah so so we played cavern of soul and primeval titan and euros I mean that was that was a good deck at that time I think it even ca- came top eight at a P- PTQ online oh damn okay so not me not me <laughs> but no but no, no but still yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So given I mean, people were playing like Luris I mean top so, eight so in, gen- in general I, I think Lance is actually underrated so I think you know it's a very non-linear deck so you know you have these prison aspect you have ramp you have a combo um, and you have some control elements so you can always tune I mean I'm you know when underworld breach was was legal I came fourth and tenth in, t- in those two showcase challenges um, so it's sort of uh, it was well positioned even then I mean we we I just moved spear of resistance to the main deck uh, and un- an underworld breach was not actually not super bad matchup so the way it worked you just needed to slow the game down till you could have blast zone with two counters because if you had okay. that they couldn't really it was really Went hard for them yeah, yeah you know they could have silence or whatever but doesn't really matter it was really hard for them and then concur yeah it was hard to yeah. win through a blast zone <laughs> yeah um so i i i think the shell is kind of a bit underrated because if if you change a few slots you could typically win against everything the, the problem with lands is you cannot win against everything at the same time right okay so you, i you feel like that's most decks nowadays right like if yeah, if you are able to beat everything that used to be you're, a... you're named like underworld breach or something yeah, yeah i mean there are so many linear strategies in Legacy now. Like, you might be good against Hogak, but, you know, you mentioned you're not good against the Karn, like Mystic Forge, Voltaic yeah. Key decks, probably. Um, you know, there's so many hyper-linear strategies, like almost modern decks now. Like, there's Dark Depths, like Turbo Depths, um, Blackwood Reanimator, Oops All Spells. Like, these are all really fast decks that attack from different angles and different sets of cards are good against them. And so as a Delver player, I'm also looking at my sideboard every week and be like, all right, which combo decks am I, you know, trying to beat this week and which ones am I okay kind of losing to? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That That's me as well. well all right. <laughs> but yeah, that was always for Lance, I think. So so the way you, 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 you want to predict, you know, the one or two combo deck that is good in the meta and then you hope the Delver will beat the rest. And then you, you <laughs> nice. just do, do, dodge them in round one. Yeah. And then you can beat the Delver decks in the later rounds that's kind of and right yeah. now i guess it's doomsday and sneak and show that those seems to be the best combo decks green yeah. white depths as well actually how do you feel about that matchup that's uh hard i think so, so um maverick is actually a good matchup I, I i feel favored against maverick because guess why they don't have mox diamond i mean i can control their mana that's why so if they have birds of paradise th- you know I will just kill it or or find a tabernacle S- so i can play that strategy sylvan library turn one then make them struggle that's much harder against green white depths so so you know they can they will get night down turn two or or turn three i mean it, it it's very hard for me to to stop that because they you know because of mox diamond i mean uh, and then they also play crop rotation so wasteland is not yeah 
wasteland into crop rotation it just ah it makes me smash my, <laughs> my keyboard <laughs> <laughs> i think that's funny given you've probably done it to many a delver player yeah <laughs> yeah i have yeah um so and that's another of the reason why, why i want because um, i actually tested before the mocks i tested uh against uh you know d- d- uh dogs on twitch i don't i don't know his uh his real name this you know greensunseenit.com guy yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh so we tested uh I, we played i think eight six or eight games i lost all of them wow so it f- I, but it didn't really feel that bad i mean i was doing some some mistakes but what i noticed is that uh, a few things so so punishing fire is actually really good if uh, as long as i can control their graveyard so sort of if i have endurance Endurance is just the best card against th- against them almost because you know it makes all their knights two two so I can kill them with punishing fire. Uh, also, their their reclaimers get a lot smaller. Uh, and something else I noticed, you know, like normal spot removal that's not recursive. Again, it's not good against them because they play uh, this land that gives protection. Uh, they play two of those uh, step or whatever it's called, Sejiri step. Yeah, so sort of like lightning bolt or sword splash is not that good against them. Um, so you need something like punishing fire, you know, where you can sh- shoot and they can, you know, sure they can find that, but you can just sh- try again next turn. Uh, and, and then you need to make that card good. So that's why I, you know I want to play Elvish Reclaimer, uh, Endurance, things th- things that will control their graveyard in a sense. Um, and then the other thing I noticed is so. At least when we played, he he would uh, he would pay a lot of life on Sylvan Library. Uh, so I also wanted some creatures that actually could sort of uh, you know punish that sort of behavior. Uh, <laughs> and he also told me that, <laughs> that he he cited out sword supplies. Oh fans, wow! So I thought, okay, wow, okay. Then uh, endurance gets even better. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's a favorite matchup. No, I think I think. I I think we are unfavored. I don't think it's horrible, uh, but it's also I mean they like Mox Simon is so good against us. Crop rotation is so good against us. Sylvan Library is so good against us. Knight of the Reliquary is a pain, uh, and they also play Force of Vigor. I think right. Force of <laughs> Vigor is the best sideboard card against lands. I mean, I get absolutely destroyed every time someone has that, especially like someone that I don't expect, like when the Bant control mm. that card is. <laughs> All right. Well, one last question before we wrap up here. Um, Innistrad spoilers have come out. They've started coming out. One particular card kind of like raised my eyebrow, and then someone else told me that maybe it's considerable in lands. How do you feel about Renin 7? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, if that card had cost four mana, I think it would have been insane. I mean, all those all those abilities are so good. I mean, I played m- m- uh, Mulch in lands. I mean, uh, that card is really good. I mean, you typically draw <laughs> it makes you draw three, three or four cards. I mean, uh, maybe s- average on average. I think I calculated on average it's like almost three cards if you count like Life from the Loam and, pun- and Punishing Fire as drawing a card. Uh, so that effect is just really, really strong. And then what is it also Mana Bond? I mean, <laughs> and even that thing that it creates has reach so it seems like insane yeah 
but I mean, as long as Days is legal, I think it's gonna be hard. Okay. To, to pass right. that one. I mean, again, it's nothing. That that's the thing that the all these also all these free counter spells. I think the um, why they are so good is is the sort of because because <laughs> again, if I'm playing against control, I I'm just porting like you know I I want a sheep threat and then and then and then use port. If I don't have a sheep threat, I, I still want to just port control their mana. And then if I have to spend five mana casting something, and then they just force force will it. I mean, then they have all all their mana on their turn, and they can cast something that's gonna be better, like a jace or. So I think um, it's gonna be hard because you, even even against the control decks, you want to cast it when you have six mana, probably, so you can have pyroblast up. Uh, it's gonna be slow, I think. All right. Yeah, well, Ali, but thank you so much I, I for. Mean, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I I want it to be good. I mean, all effects are s insane. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Ali, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for anybody else who has questions about lands and legacy, or maybe just you, your story, you know, or like you know, to pick your brain, things like that. Where can they find you? Uh. So, the. So yeah, so they can find me on Twitter, of course. So it's Ali on MTGO. That's kind of my my handle. Uh, but the best, if they really want to talk to me, they should go to Discord, Lance Discord. So okay. I'm super super active there, um, and there are a lot of you know really good Lance players who who are there. And we, I mean, it's a, it's the best Discord I think for sure. Nice, um, nice. Love to hear. It. Cool. So uh, and then the I mean. Th so as I said, I wrote 15 pages of show notes. <laughs> I didn't get to cover everything. So they will actually come out as articles. So I, I write... There's a Lance website called thependrelveil.com. Mm -hmm. So I will publish nice. all those 15 pages there. Uh, so that's, that's also something to look forward to. Excellent. Thanks, that's awesome. All right, cool. Well, then we're going to wrap right. it up here for today's episode. Um, you guys know the drill already for everyone who's listening. Uh, this is episode 26. Follow us on Twitter at Elopunters. Also, if you want to watch this episode live, twitch.tv slash unzmtg for the next one. Um, yep, my name is Anurag. We've got Bob here. We'll have Daniel back next time. And uh, Ali, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. We'll see you again. Bye. Take care.